This is Keith Price's Curtain Call. This is Keith Price for Keith Price's Curtain Call, and we are back talking to one of the last holdouts of the uh, Samuel French Off-Off Broadway Play Festival winners. I have gotten a chance to talk to all of the winners, and this is the last of them. Of course, he's out on the West Coast because, you know, I had to break it up between West Coast and East Coast. So Jonathan Josephson's play, Grandpa and the Gay Rabbi, was one of the big winners at the play festival. And I got to say, you know, adds to that level of diversity that it seems like Samuel French was trying to maybe not— they weren't trying to create it. It's just sort of like they just let it be and let everyone be able to tell different and varied stories. And Jonathan Josephine is here with me on the Curtain Call. How you doing, Jonathan? I'm doing all right. Thanks for having me. Oh, my God. This is a pleasure to have you on here. So this piece, it turns out, as I was reading more about it, that you and, you and your grandfather actually did have a lot of conversations about the gay rabbi, huh? <laughs> Well, yes, yes and no. I mean, it was the the play was definitely inspired by my grandfather and inspired by um, things that he said uh, over the course of of his lifetime and, and my lifetime. Um, and uh, yeah, the the rabbi at our, our um, temple is gay, um, and I, so this was sort of a fictional conversation that, combining other things that he had said over the years, you know, being an eighty seven year old man. Um, had certain points of view and would say things that came up pretty callous and, and unkind. <laughs> but um, uh, he became very close to our rabbi and um, I think really grew and changed his worldview in a way because of that friendship and relationship with the rabbi that I don't know how many people in their 80s um, really have or, or could be expected to. So I don't know. That was that was sort of the kernel for the play. I love that, though. It's it's kind of like the the theory that you really – if you actually take the time to get to know someone who might be different than you, you can understand who they are and what they are and not spend time or not spend a lot of time being wasted, you know, with anger or misinformation or any of the other stuff. Right. Absolutely. And um, my grandfather and, and before my grandmother died 10 years ago, they uh, had been living um, constantly with assisted living care. And that was another place where I saw my grandfather really grow and change because Again, you know, being being again small minded or, or ignorant of other people from other ethnic backgrounds or mm-hmm. from other countries and maybe speak a certain way or talk a certain way that I think my grandfather as a younger man or even when I was a young child might have said certain things about non certainly non Jewish people or even non white people that as more and more people entered his life and more and more people took care of him and took care of my grandmother, um, you know, I, I it was amazing like even as a teenager through uh, an early thirty-something, just watching my my grandfather grow, and and hoping that you know I can have the same kind of open-mindedness. But absolutely, it's 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 an incredible thing to to see happen. I love that Jonathan Josephson here with me on Keith Price's Curtain Call, and we're talking to him because he's a an award-winning playwright. How you doing? How does that feel? Yeah, <laughs> it's good. No, it's great. I mean, you always hope that you know you write a play and somebody likes it, and. Uh, you know, the San French Gang were, were really wonderful with the festival. It was an incredible event, and was I was thrilled to and honored to be one of the winners. Now, it's fun, because did you have any um, uh, influence on the casting for the piece? Um, you know, the uh, because I'm out in L.A. and everything happened in New York, not not super much, although 
um, Jonathan, which which is always confusing. Jonathan is also the name of the director. Uh-huh. Uh, he he was open to involving me as much as possible, um, but I really left it up to him. We talked about type and we talked about age, um, and uh, he was able to cast one um, former colleague and, and friend of his who uh, the two of them know each other from the Accuracy of Louisville Apprentice uh, and Professional Acting Internship Program, um, and then he had an open call for the role of Grandpa. Mm-hmm. Um, and he saw about a dozen people and talked to me about it and said, this person sort of does this and this person brings this. And, and yeah, no, from there, the, the director took it away and, and, and Jonathan, not me, um, also ended up really producing the play. Uh, and uh, and above and beyond, he's a great, great guy. I, I can't wait to work with him again someday. I love that. So it's isn't it wonderful now because this you're no stranger to this because you basically run your own theater company, don't you? The Unbound Productions. Yeah, I have I have two partners. Um, uh, I'm the executive director of the company, um, and the three of us run the company together. So we make all major artistic decisions together. We hire directors together. We pick the plays. Um, together and, and yeah, the producing side of it is definitely something that uh, I'm busy with year-round. Um, Unbound Productions also uh, produces almost exclusively world premiere adaptations and has done a number of my plays over the years. But it's uh, and we we only we do site-specific adaptations of classic literature. Right. Um, and our big our big shows produced in a mausoleum and cemetery. So we uh, we we uh, are definitely familiar with that process and, and bringing something to life from. Inception all the way to a, a fully finished show. Well, I love this idea of the wicked lit. <laughs> yeah, where you're yes, where you're, where you're <laughs> doing a lot of people do with this. This you're adapting classic horror literature. So, what was the last piece that you guys did? Well, we're actually in rehearsals right now um, for our, our fall production, um, and uh, but but we we've done um, a big wicked lit event every every October November for this is our eighth year. Um, we're currently at, back in Mountain View Mausoleum Cemetery for the seventh year. Um, I have I have two parts. I've written two parts of the show. One of them is a adaptation called Anansi and the Demon, uh-huh. um, which combines West African uh, folk tales, children's stories, with a really cool vampire and a, uh, ghostly tradition. Um, so it's essentially a, a, an original play, but it's adapted from these tropes and characters that exist in folklore. Um, and there's two other plays. Uh, one's an adaptation of Ellen Glasgow's The Shadowy Third, which is a, a really cool mystery, uh, creepy melodrama. And the last piece is H.P. Uh, Lovecraft's From Beyond, um, oh. which is, you know, borders on sci-fi and yeah. has all kinds of atmospheric, you know, horribleness that, that Lovecraft is so famous for. And the three of us, um, Paul Millay, Jeff Rack, and I, when we craft an evening of Wicked, we, we always aim to have diversity, kind of like what you're talking about with the San French Festival, that even within the horror genre, um, we look for different, you know, we like to have uh, both men and women, um, source, uh, source material drawn from both men and women authors. We like to have material drawn from all over the world. Um, so we have two two stories that were drawn from American writers, and then the, the West African influence story. So um, it's it's uh, it's and it's all immersive. You move through the hallways of the mausoleum and among the headstones in the cemetery. Uh, you see all three plays in an intimate group of about thirty five, uh, and you see all three plays over the course of the evening. And then I also wrote um, the third part of our show, or the fourth part of our show, is called the Frame, which is the pre-show entertainment, and then we do some performances during the intermission and the curtain call. Um, and I wrote that as well. It's called Camp Mountain View. Um, so the conceit of this year's show is that you're all come to um, essentially a, 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 a summer camp in the fall 
um, at the cemetery, which is run by uh, a zombie, a ghost, a werewolf, oh uh, and a vampire. Um, and then you're here for Wicked Lit Talent Night. So all the campers are putting on their skits. Um, wow. Except for fully produced plays in the cemetery. So it's just a fun way of, of, of tying things together and giving some continuity and framing the curtain speech and our fundraising and whatnot that we do. So we have a whole other cast and all kinds of shenanigans and fun that, that, that kind of frames the thing. Well, I, you know what? As you're talking about it, I, what I'm loving to hear is that it is this immersive experience that you're making theater accessible in a way that some people would never have thought about doing. I mean, you know, you're going beyond the quote-unquote haunted house. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. And we uh, we are uh, uh, we have a lot of folks who come to our show who are used to seeing either the haunted house type experience or like the Halloween gore fest at mm-hmm. uh, a Universal Studios or, or um, you know, the, the kind of big attractions. And we're very much a theater company that is producing a theater production. It's dark and it's creepy, mm-hmm. um, and horrible things happen to people. But horrible <laughs> things happen to people in Shakespeare plays, or, exactly. or, or you know, on, on plays on Broadway. So it's um, it's definitely it's found its niche, and we've been very fortunate. The last three years, we've sold out every single performance, every single ticket, um, wow. and this year's show is selling out faster than anything we've done before. Um, but and I, that's really testament to I feel our artistry, our our unique way of storytelling and creating theater. We also have a world-class design team. Um, Drew Delzell, one of our sound designers, does all the sound design for Halloween Horror Nights at uh, Universal Studios. Our, our our costume designer was one of the uh, assistant costume designers on the Sleepy Hollow TV show. So there's a lot of, of major industry people and people involved with all kinds of incredible projects throughout L.A. and, and across the country that really come together and, and dig in and uh, spend this time in the cemetery to, to make something truly unique and special. How interesting. That that says to me that you must be a really nice guy. <laughs> I hope so. I try to be. Because well, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> well, no, because you you know, you just said that you have have people you're a nonprofit theater organization A, which means that it's not necessarily going to be about making a lot of money, correct? Correct, correct. And I mean, then we are able to pay everybody, but not as much as we'd like. Right. But and then you have people that are actually working very diligently in the fields that there are specific fields on the collaborations you're talking about, your sound person, your costume person, coming from TV, coming from, you know, Universal. Like, you know, people don't get involved with folks like that if they don't like them. So that means you must be a really cool guy. That's my, well, I mean, that's my interpretation. <laughs> For, you know, having not met you and I'm sitting 3,000 miles away from you now. You know <laughs> what I mean? Well, I, I hear what you're saying, and I, and I appreciate that, and, and definitely Unbound as a company, and with me and Paul and Jeff, it's, it's very important that we are considerate and that we take care of our people. Um, we try and feed people well. We, we're trying to be respectful of people's time. We try and we're very, very collaborative in terms of as creative producers, um, but also as directors and writers, because the, the three of us founders um, are also actively writing and directing all the time. Um, we try and create an atmosphere of, you know, the best idea in the room, is what we go with. Uh, we, we, you know, we also have to kind of be the bad guys sometimes and say, no, I'm sorry, we can't do this thing because this is a real cemetery, and if we can't strike this gigantic set every night mm-hmm. um, when somebody comes to visit their loved one tomorrow, you know, <laughs> they're going to be really upset. So we kind of have to play bad guys sometimes, uh-huh. and I think we, we preempt that by creating an atmosphere of, 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 of artistry and, and kinship. Um, and because we the the show uh, runs seven weeks and the actors perform each play three times, right. um, so by the end of the seven weeks the actors have performed these short plays. They run thirty forty minutes, 
um, a hundred times. And uh, if we're asking our actors and our crew and our stage managers and all of our uh, additional tech personnel, there's between 12 and 15 tech folks uh, running the show each night. Um, if we're asking them to spend all this time in the cemetery, um, in the cold, sometimes in the rain, um, in an area where they're not necessarily the most comfortable, you know, we, we want to do everything we can to make everybody uh, feel proud of what they're doing and feel uh, valued. That's so cool. Jonathan Josephson with me here on Keith Price's Curtain Call. And we're talking about not only his big win with the Samuel French Off-Broadway off Short Play Festival and his piece Grandpa and the Gay Rabbi having made it to the final cut to be, be included in the anthology that they're going to create along with the five other people that were also there. Um, for you now at this stage of the game, it's sort of like you are you pr- pretty much came into this as this is one of the many plays that I've written, and I'm just going to submit. Now, had you submitted to this this festival before on, on other occasions? Yeah, I submitted last year um, mm-hmm. and was not uh, accepted as as one of the thirty. But um, I, I one of the I'd thirty out of again, fifteen yeah. gajillion million subscriptions. Right. <laughs> 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 it's like you were one. You were one of the fifteen hundred or so that were were picked to be in the, the top 30. So the first time around, it wasn't that good. So your advice then to the young playwright who's listening, who's thinking that they want to give this a whirl, what would you say to them? Yeah, I mean, if, if uh, well, okay, so two parts of that question. So young playwright, um, whether you're young in age or young in experience, mm-hmm. uh, it, it's, I, I'm a big fan of submitting and seeing what happens. And so I, I definitely think that the Sam French Festival is an opportunity because it is an open submission mm-hmm. that if you have a play that you're proud of and a play that you've, um, that, that you've worked on um, and made special, go ahead and submit it. But I would also caution the other, the other thing that I've, I've done um, that's my, my biggest regret in my playwriting life is, is sending things out too early. Um, uh. Because once you submitted a play to Sam French and most of these kinds of festivals, you can't submit it again if it hasn't been accepted. Right. So I would just, I would just always, always encourage that living room read or you know sending mm-hmm. the play to a trusted advisor or a colleague or somebody that you worked with before. Give it a look, give it a read, get some feedback. Um, if it's the first play you've ever written, um, you know the, the work at the festival was just incredible. Um, I, I got to see about half of the plays, uh, and I was really impressed. It, right. I had a lot of short plays produced and. This was definitely top to bottom, um, the strongest talent if, if, among, if, if not, um, they, they were incredibly strong plays. And so there's, there's no rush, you know. Um, San Francisco has been doing this since the 41st year of the festival, and it'll be back again and again and again. Mm-hmm. Um, when you have that, that play that you're really proud of, that maybe somebody other than you, you know, while, while we don't live and die by critics or, or feedback, it's important to get other perspectives so that you don't, you know, it's not too much, because um, how... You know, I'll, I'll even give Grandpa and the Gay Rabbi as an example. I wrote that on a lark um, and had no intention of ever submitting it anyway. Wow. Um, I wrote it because I had this idea, and my grandfather was very special to me, and I thought I thought this would be amusing. I sent it to a friend a couple years ago, um, got some good feedback, put it in a drawer, never did anything with it. And then I sent it to a little play reading festival here in L.A., and I sent it on, uh, to Sam French. I never showed it to um, anybody else. I never expected a whole lot from it. Wow. And lo and behold, uh, here it was. I've had other plays that people have loved that I've gotten, uh, you know, shortlisted for all kinds of awards, um, and that friends of mine just go nuts over that have never been produced. So on the third hand, nobody knows anything, right? The old William Goldman line. But I would just say to a young playwright, um, trust your instincts, trust your judgment, uh, and then also 
take a leap and, and, and get some feedback. Show show it to a trusted friend, a mentor, an advisor, um, and 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 listen to them, and then make your own decisions of whether or not you think that they're on on point or not. That's something that that uh, you'll you'll learn, young playwrights, as you do this again <laughs> and again. <laughs> young samurai. <laughs> right. <laughs> Oh my God, this is really great, Jonathan Josephson, with me. So here now, I, I was just kind of perusing a little bit of your your own personal anthology, and I've ran across this title that just from the title alone has already got me curious. Twenty seven ways I didn't say hi to Lawrence Fishburne. Right. <laughs> <laughs> now you know you know you're gonna have to tell me about this. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's another ten minute play. Um, another piece that I'm really proud of. Uh, that I, I wrote um, after a real incident of me um, not saying hi to Lawrence Fishburne when I was working at Pasadena Playhouse, um, and it's a it's it's a play I'm really proud of. It was it was produced at the Humana Festival a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, it's in a couple of anthologies and it's been subsequently produced all over the place. And it's kind of become a calling card of sorts. Um, and uh, yeah, the characters in the play are me, Jonathan Josephson, the playwright, and Lawrence Fishburne. Um, and uh, the, it's, it's been produced a couple different ways, um, but essentially it is like a series of, of me walking into a room 27 different ways <laughs> and not engaging with this actor. But the character of Jonathan Josephson is just utterly infatuated with. The real Jonathan Josephson is a fan of Lawrence Fishburne, but isn't it quite as infatuated as the character of Jonathan Josephson. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, has, has, no, he, has he seen this or heard about this piece? Well, I have been told by a couple people, um, one who was a, a writer on um, the CSI show that Mr. Fishburne was on, uh-huh. that, who has read the play and that that, uh, that uh, he would not necessarily find it funny. Um, <laughs> so I did have an opportunity to get it to him, and it was recommended to me that I do not. Um, <laughs> other than that, I have no idea. So then, um, in other words, it's really... I was, I was going to say, in other words, it's 28 ways that you didn't say hi to Lawrence Fishburne. <laughs> it could be, absolutely. Well, and it's funny because, I mean, it, it obviously, it's, you know, there there is is some, of the two characters in the play, one of them certainly, like, looks pretty foolish, um, and it's not Lawrence Fishburne. Huh. Um, he's, uh, it's, 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 you know, it's at the end of the day, it's a play sort of about neuroses and, and, and yeah. self-doubt and, um, you know, starstruckness is sort of like a mild, a milder version of whatever the symptom is. But um, you know, it was it was just based on a real thing, and I had this real opportunity to not only just talk to Lawrence Fishburne, um, but have like an inside joke with Lawrence Fishburne. Um, and instead of having an inside joke with Lawrence Fishburne, I have a story about how I don't have a joke with Lawrence Fishburne. <laughs> um, but I guess it led to the play, and, and uh, it's been a lot of fun. It's been I, I've been able to see it produced a few times, and um, and the different ways that different directors and different casts have uh, have approached it. It's been really wonderful and really hilarious. And um, there's a point in the play when the character Jonathan Josephson says, "Hi, I'm Jonathan Josephson," uh, and then it just gets really, really terrible. And everybody else is laughing, and I'm sitting there in the audience. I'm like, "Yes, laugh at my pain." <laughs> um, I'll just, I'll, I'll just. Um, but I'm actually really excited. Uh, there's a, a theater company locally that uh, commissioned me to write a evening-length play uh, inspired by that short, um, oh, and I'm wow. going to have a reading of it next month. The long play is called That Lawrence Fishburne Play, um, <laughs> and so we'll see that. That's with little candle productions here in South Pasadena. Wow. Well, look at that. See, from a small kernel grows the show. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 
Well, Jonathan, thank you so much for hanging out with me. I'm really glad that we got to do this. And for those of you who are listening, uh, Jonathan Josephson's piece is called Grandpa and the Gay Rabbi, which will be featured in Samuel French's Off-Off-Broadway play, short play festivals anthology whenever that is going to be produced, which is really great because now you are in the Samuel French family, which is a pretty good place to be from what I understand when you talk to um, Bruce Lazarus over there because your work will be protected from this day forward. Isn't that great? It is great. And and I've known Bruce um, a little bit for, for a while, and I know he's really committed to playwrights um, mm-hmm. and, and committed to, to protecting work. I was actually really impressed. He uh, he gave a great spe- uh, talk at the Dramatist um, con- Guild Conference last year um, and really talking about his, his care and appreciation for playwrights, which is not something I think most playwrights think of, of publishers. No. Um, but not only is there a financial interest, but there's very much a creative and uh, artistic interest from Sam French um, towards new work and, and playwrights. And sure, it's Broadway and all that kind of stuff, but, but Sam French obviously produces a lot more than just the libretto for whatever one of Tony. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I have lot, lots of appreciation for Bruce and Amy and Casey and everybody at Sam French. For me. They're, they're a really good, good group of people. I've had the pleasure yep. to talk to them, especially with Bruce. Bruce and I had a, a we did an interview a couple of days ago, a couple of weeks ago, that um, is also available on the Keith Price Curtain Call podcast. I thought I should throw my own advertisement out there. Um, but but one of the things about him that I really loved is that you know he's he's really committed to making sure that the playwright is respected and treated well and getting mm-hmm. getting whatever they need to get, they're supposed to be getting that. So good for you for being a part of that new family. And for more information about everything else that Jonathan and his Unbound Productions is doing, it's un- unboundproductions.org. If you want to, because it's a nonprofit theater, you can throw a couple of bucks their way to help them get their productions off the ground. You can go and certainly, if you're out in the California area, you certainly need to go and attend this graveyard madness. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a little spooky dookie. I can't handle all that. That's too much for me. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was like a big yeah, we chicken. Get some of that. You know, so I was the person that never did the haunted house when we were growing up. But still, this is really, really great because you're you're taking theater and you're bringing it to people in a way that they're not they're not necessarily used to. And mm-hmm, making mm-hmm. it making it interesting and, and different, and, and that's a really great thing. So congratulations to you and your theater company, as well as your big win for Samuel French. And thank you so much for doing the podcast. Absolutely. No, it was a pleasure. Thank you. You have a great, great day. And we'll be back. 